Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. Happy New Year. I haven't done any um, podcast episodes so far in 2021. Uh, we just took a little bit of a break, um, and uh, I'm listening for your feedback. I was seeing if anybody missed the show, and I haven't heard from anybody. So uh, I'm going to be looking for a little bit extra feedback from our listeners. If you like what you're hearing, either do a, um, a review on iTunes or something, or do a shout out on our Vitality Shift page, Vitality Shift um, for Chiropractors Facebook page. Uh, reach out to us there, or or something to say that you're still enjoying the show, and uh, and then we'll keep keep them coming. So today we're going to. Uh, I got my co my co host, um, the amazing Brandy McDonald, who is going to join us on the call today, and she is going to help us talk about trauma for chiropractors and not to create trauma, but how to overcome some trauma. Um, we've started just recently doing one-on-one coaching again, since we can't travel for the whole rest of the year. Um, we've kind of just focused a little bit more on some one-on-ones. We're not taking very many, but we're going to just do maybe a couple a month. Um, and uh, we're having fun. We've already we've worked with one already and we're working with another one and we're having a, we're having a good time diving deep under the layers. Uh, when I was coaching by myself, that's why I love uh, with our uh, format is that me and Brandy work together with everybody. And, um, and Brandy is a ninja at finding the, is the problem is never the problem at first. And so she helps us dig dive deep down to find out what the actual problem is. And once we can kind of find out that usually it's some kind of trauma or accumulated trauma. And if we can work on that, then people just explode. They just kind of pop out of the gate. So we're pretty excited about that. Coming up in 2021, we're also uh, in March, we're going to be opening up spots for our mastermind rewire. Uh, We already had, we finished our one for 2020. We had to adapt and pivot a bit. 2021 will be totally virtual. We'll be doing four weekend, uh, like Sunday events and then we have like accountability groups we have one-on-one coaching and all kind of stuff so if you're interested in any of that make sure you reach out to us and you can get more information so our one-on-one will be starting in uh, we'll be taking some people in february and then our mastermind will be a one-year thing and it'll be starting in march so that being said let's get to some trauma welcome to the call my love (laughs) thanks dr dawn i'm happy to be back I don't think we've okay. done one of these since late, late 2020. I know. Yeah. I know. Like I said, we haven't been able to reach out to everybody yet. So hope everybody had a good holidays. Hope everybody had a good new year. Hope they're starting off January pretty good. I think most people are locked down around the world, except for Australia and New Zealand. They're having a good old time hanging out with people in public without masks and stuff, making us all feel jealous around the world. Going to parties, going to yeah, restaurants. I've never looked at uh, 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 jealously at a video of someone at a concert or at a party when people are hugging each other. Like now I'm jealous. So uh, <laughs> it's just it's to do that where we're from. So, so Brandy, let's. On that note, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about um, let's talk a little bit about trauma and maybe talk about the different types of trauma because a lot of people think 
it has to be a big thing, which it definitely is a big thing, but sometimes it's accumulated little things um, that have built up over time. Yeah, I think trauma, um, a lot of people, I think it's going to gain more traction over the next couple of years, particularly what's happened around the world to people. Um, but I, I think uh, in historically speaking, a lot of people have believed that trauma is actually about an event. So, which of course it, it can be. Uh, an event like abuse or abandonment or massive accident or loss of a loved one or a child. Um, we think that if, if that event happens, then it's, it's traumatic for the person. And I think in the last year, what we're starting to maybe open a conversation up more about is understanding that trauma is really not ever about the event. And that's that seems shocking to people because we would think the events of 2020 were traumatic, but yet not everybody's traumatized. So the question then becomes, is trauma really event or is it really how the event shapes the nervous system? And so the study of trauma is really not about the event at all, actually. It's about how somebody responds to an event. And socially and culturally, we have events that are obviously shocking. And those ones, we think then that would be the only time that somebody would display traumatic, um, uh, any sense of traumatic kind of physiology after uh, living through certain events that we obviously all would think would be traumatic. However, uh, what is misunderstood is that trauma is anything that happens to a system that it cannot comprehend at the time. And that's really been the study of Stephen Porch's polyvagal theory, as well as a lot of other really intelligent researchers in trauma and therapy, which have really looked at why a nervous system responds the way it does post events that maybe we didn't think were so traumatic. And in my history as a social worker, we did a lot of training in what, what is called trauma-informed care, which is really, obviously, I worked historically with people who lived in traumatic situations that we would all think, wow, of course that makes sense if somebody, you know, is a, has a social addiction or is living on the street or is a, a drug addict or, you know, their children have been abused or whatever. We think, oh, yeah, to, uh, totally makes sense. Therefore, you must be a trauma-informed practitioner. However, trauma-informed practitioners understand that the nervous system really makes these decisions based on its, its inability to comprehend the event at the time. The system, in essence, goes into shock. And it's a matter of whether or not the system comes out of the shock response or not will determine whether somebody is traumatized. And at the far end of trauma and a system not coming out of that state where the physiology relives the experiences, if it's happening all the time, every time, is PTSD or complex PTSD. But way on the spectrum before that, we are seeing lots of people in 2020, including chiropractors, who are actually traumatized by the events that have happened beyond their control, that many of us went into a state of shock and could not understand them. The body, we just couldn't understand what was going on. Like it was such a shock that this would happen. That's what trauma is. So it's not up to you, the practitioner, first of all, to determine whether your client is traumatized. And it's also not up to you if you are traumatized to make a logical decision, whether you think that event was traumatic or not because the body has already made the decision for you. 
And that's probably the most dangerous place we could be when we understand trauma. If we can look at trauma just as the fact that the body could not understand the event and launched a response, that's it. There's no judgment to it. It's not up to us to determine whether it was traumatic or not. It just is. We become much more effective, not only in helping the people that we work with, but also effective in healing ourselves because we're not trying to make sense of the event because we couldn't. Just the body had launched a response um, that will that is uh, trauma orientated, which is trauma orientation is protection, and that's basically what happens in the physiology. Well, I think uh, we had um, Dr. Peter working um, speaking at a couple of our events, and he talked about how that's uh, like uh, his little definition of a subluxation, right? Where like a stressor comes into the nervous system, whether it's physical, chemical, emotional, that uh, the, the nervous system can't handle at the time. So it basically stores it um, until you can process it later because it's too much to process at the time. Right. Which is a, such a beautiful, beautiful explanation to bring how trauma impacts the body and link it to chiropractic. And it stays and it's stored in that physiology until we can bring the physiology to present, which is what the chiropractic adjustment does. So for a second, the reflexive response called neuroception that's really constantly scanning our environment for threat, which stays in that threat scanning system when a body is stuck in trauma, it cleans it up for a second, clears it up for a second. And we realize there's nothing dangerous in front of us, which is why on a chiropractic table, you see what we call in the vitality shift ease, which is really the system reverting for a second to a calm state where we see the breath change. We see people's physiology relax. We see you know, their eyes change. We look at their pupils. We look at all the indicators that let us know for a second, we've brought that threat scanning system to present and they go, oh, Actually, I'm good. I'm just on a table having a good time with the chiropractor, right? So that is, that's what happens in the moment of a chiropractic adjustment, which is really cool because that's why we see all the things we've seen over last year with our people coming in. And I think what we recognized is that we, it's very easy to see it in everybody else. But what the more work we've done with chiropractors, the more we've seen that we're actually dealing with um, everybody as a whole has some level of trauma about what has happened to them over the last year. And acknowledging that is the only way you heal. Uh, by not acknowledging it or suggesting it's not or using your energy somewhere else leads to the system staying in that particular state. And over time, we know, you can just look at your practice members, you know that that moves you towards a state of, of dyshyphenies and ultimately disease. It's funny how, like, we always like to, well, we're, we're kind of the king and queen of, like, relating every single thing to chiropractic. When we talk about the trauma work, um, a lot of the goal isn't, it, isn't to create the state of safety, right? Yes. And you need to create the state of safety long enough so that you can heal. Yes. And in chiropractic, we need to create a state of ease, and we need to maintain that state of ease long enough so that the body can heal. Right. So it's kind of interesting that, um, like, I know you made a, a Facebook post about uh, whose quote was it that said safety is the. That's Stephen Porges is the treatment. Yeah. Stephen Porges says safety is the treatment. It's not what do I need to do. Right. It's how do I need to feel. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is both a physiological um, response in the autonomic nervous system, which is what we call the ventral vagal system where connection happens. Mm -hmm. And it's also a, uh, an emotional feeling that we can produce. 
where we can put a break on either the sympathetic chain that's responding, or if we are, we've been left in that sympathetic response too long, now we have that dorsal collapse, which we call in chiropractic the freeze, or what they call in the polyvagal theory, the freeze response, which is now you go into an energy conservation state because you've actually burnt it out. You burnt the system out, which is a really dangerous place to be. And also why we see so, so many suicides, um, that number increasing dramatically over the last year, because we've gone from the hyper response to the hypo response. And unfortunately that comes with a lot of hopelessness for people and they can't get out of it. And they need an activation system, something to activate that system. So people are either needing to, to uh, downregulate or upregulate, depending on the trauma response that's going on. And chiropractors can understand that because they have a level of, well, most people that would listen to this particular podcast have a superior level of knowledge of the nervous system. <laughs> and because... Because they do, you understand the way that that system works and the way the brain works when that is constantly in that threat scanning stage. That neuro, so it's not a matter of us necessarily determining this is what I just wrote about on Facebook the other way, other day, is that we are such huge story seekers in chiropractic that we want to hear everybody's story and we want to know their perception of what is going on rather than identifying the state that they're in. And the state is determined based on their neuroceptive feedback coming into the nervous system and perception follows that. So the body's response and decisions follow the neuroceptive response, the reflexive threat scanning response. So then the body makes a decision. So when we ask somebody their perception of how they feel, their perception of what is going on, it is very often distorted. So if that is our only mechanism in chiropractic to help somebody, we get frustrated because either they feel great and we can see that they're still unwell, they don't feel better at all, but we can see that they're moving towards a clearer state. And because we're not state-seeking, we're story-seeking. And so really, I think in chiropractic, then the next level to help humanity is to state-seek. You, you do want to validate somebody's perception of the story that is going on, but you don't want to continue that mechanism that reinforces their state. And every time they retell their story, we re-traumatize it because it continues to. And so that's a little bit about being trauma-informed is every time you ask the same questions and over and over and over and over, and you start to see somebody get frustrated, it's because their distortion, their perception is so distorted that you actually re-traumatize it traumatize the system without meaning to it's not it's not like somebody does this on purpose no chiropractor is trying to re-traumatize their their client um and also for chiropractors chiropractors who have been trying to get help and feel frustrated and not heard and feel like nothing they do works that is a, a first indication that I can always tell that they're actually in a trauma state and they are distorted. And so everything they try is not going to work because, again, safety is a treatment. It is not what somebody is going to do. It is about a mechanism of feeling how they feel inside their physiology and doing some work to feel safe. And when your definition of safety is based on what everybody else is doing or given to somebody who has power over you, like the government, the policies, regulatory boards, whatever, you will feel unsafe. And so it's a matter of learning how to feel safe because in safety, the nervous system goes into that higher state where we connect with people, which is the ultimate state of being a better human. 
And so the vitality shift, that's, it's so funny, we didn't do trauma-informed work in the vitality shift, but our hierarchy of vitality that we use to educate the public on what is possible through care, the very top of our hierarchy is connection and creation. Because when human beings are in that state, they're better humans from the sense of how they build relationship, but also they feel free to express themselves. And they live in... Um, uh, uh, researcher and uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, his name is Daniel Siegel, created something called the window of tolerance. And based on the polyvagal theory, they live in what we call a window of tolerance, which means it doesn't mean that the sympathetic chain is never activated. It doesn't mean that we, we don't become either downregulated or upregulated. It's a matter, it's almost like an odometer that's always constantly on the move. It's just not stuck one way or the other. And that's called the window of tolerance, which means we're constantly resilient. And it's not that things don't launch it and it's not things that don't, we don't go into energy conservation. It's a matter of how long we stay there and how much we get patterned in that state so that it starts to dysregulate and distort the way we see the world. And I was wondering, maybe give uh, some of the listeners some examples uh, of what might they might be experiencing. Like you already said, sometimes they're frustrated because they try things and it doesn't work. But maybe give some examples because I know some people, um, like you said, their perception is they don't have trauma or they compare themselves to someone else. Uh, and they say, well, they like they had a death of a of a of their, their parent or or they were abused or they had something crazy going on. What what are some of the <laughs> lack of a better word symptoms uh, that a chiropractor might be going through? that might suggest that they have some trauma going on? Well, the easiest thing that I can use um, in chiropractic language is if we look at the, the window of tolerance model. So we, we look at, because everything we do in chiropractic, at least in the shift in, in this model, is all about resiliency, bounce back. Mm -hmm. the, the, the buzzword is adaptability. That's a window of tolerance, right? That we all have this certain uh, window where we have that ability to self regulate. So that's the, that's the word of a non-traumatized person. We can self-regulate because we have enough awareness when we are dysregulated. So dysregulation occurs either in the hyper format, which is the sympathetic chain or the hypo response, which is the energy conservation state, which is the free state. So when somebody is hyper sort of activated, for lack of a better word, they're out of their window of capacity to come back to regulate. So you do find that you end up being way more edgy. You Everything irritates you. Your reactions, this is what I find with a lot of people, is their reaction to what is happening is so hyperinflated. Like it's sometimes if you say something and somebody like just comes at you and you're like, that doesn't even, doesn't even make sense to what is going on right now. Right. That's a hyper aroused system. Right. Because if you think about it, you're in that hyper aroused state where it's dangerous. So you're, you're going to the whole I'm going to get you before they get me. Um, sometimes it is challenged, ch channeled. I see some chiropractors channeling it into anger format. So they are fighting the fight. They are um, martyring themselves. They are losing friends, losing family. And I don't mean in a really healthy, organized way. Um, you cert certainly have done enough podcasts on boundaries that that's not boundaries so they are so that i see a lot of that hyper activation in how somebody deals with what's going on and it's just a general sense of of over activation when you talk to them and they just feel like at any moment you're gonna lose a finger if you come too close to the rabid dog <laughs> right. and they're not able to re to re-regulate back to any sense of balance 
in the obviously in the hypoactivated, like it's not activated, it's dysregulated state, you're going to find that people did like, you just don't have any get up and go. Like you just feel like everything, nothing you do matters. Everything is hopeless. You can't organize your time. Your threshold is so low. And then of course you have like physical symptoms, right? You have fatigue, you have burnout, you, you just, um, you cannot, nothing you do seems to really um, get this sense of you can come back to this state of balance. And so also we real, see injuries. Like we also see injuries. injuries. Yeah. Injuries for chiropractors. And then also just massive like withdrawal. So they just withdrawal and uh, from, from communities. And isolate. And isolate. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it did. Now the problem is, can people see that in themselves? It, it, when you are, they did research, um, uh, one of the trauma-informed uh, certification programs I was taking was this interesting research study that they did, and they did brain scans on traumatized people. So, so you have to think of it, I keep saying this a million times, is why I don't talk about stress with men as emotional stress. So trauma is like emotional stress, is like, is like stress. Trauma is a physiological response in the nervous system. It is not an event. So I got to drive that through people. Now, if you had an event, it obviously is much more obvious, but we're talking about very intellectual chiropractors usually who think that they are doing better than they are, but feel stuck or have gotten enough feedback from people around them that care about them, that their way of being in the world is simply not working. And so one of the research studies they did on brain scans of people who were in a trauma state was they looked at the parts of the brain that were activated. And one of the things that they found was the part of the brain that really, which is that higher level prefrontal cortex part that allows us to know who we are as people, as human beings, that sense of self is actually offline completely, almost like a brain injury. And so one of the challenges is when we are hyper intellectual and logical we are, we are totally somatically disconnected to what the nervous system is doing. That's why we don't know what we feel like inside our physiology, because that part of the brain is offline. That's actually a trauma response. And so people who feel like they really don't know who they are, or they've lost sense of self over the last little while, um, that's actually true. Neurologically, that's actually true. And if we were to be able to hook them up to a brain scan, we would see that the more traumatized that the physiology is, the more offline that part of the brain is. And to bring it back online, back to Stephen Porges, safety is the treatment. And it seems like it's too easy to be true, but if you've ever been in that state, it's the hardest thing in the world to actually learn how to do. And the same with chiropractic. The whole goal is to keep them in a state of ease long enough so that the body can heal itself. Which exactly. See, but uh, that's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. So I, I was just thinking, um, and again, because we, we've done this with uh, some of the people we're working with, I wanted to give some of the listeners just a, a couple tools that they can try on their own. Um, and maybe you can talk a little bit difference about uh, triggers and glimmers. Because that's, okay. that's, a, that's a good thing that people can maybe start to do on their own just to help increase awareness. Yep. So triggers and glimmers and glows. And glows. The triggers, triggers, glimmers, and glows. These are tools from therapy developed under the polyvagal theory where it is an ability for you to gain awareness on uh, the response that the body makes 
um, in ta- in just your day-to-day life. So triggers are really easy because a lot of people know what triggers are, but they're, they're often things in our environment that don't make sense. Like the thing about triggers is you have to be able to document triggers without a judgment of whether it should be a trigger or not. So a lot of people think, well, there's no way you know, reason why me going to practice in the morning should create such a sense of anxiety. I love going to practice. I love seeing people, but it creates a sense of anxiety or it creates, you start to feel like a pit in your stomach, tightness in the chest. Triggers are really things in which uh, it creates a response that that brain is telling the body to quickly launch some kind of sort of, we call it bracing for impact, armor up, brace for impact, something is about to happen. And this is why the illogical intellectual brain can't work in this particular world. And that's how we don't become safe because we try to apply logic to triggers and triggers are not logical. So on the far end of the spectrum, if you've ever worked with or known anybody with PTSD or complex PTSD, their triggers don't make sense. It could be like a black pen. It could be like a red hat. Um, I talk about masks and women who have been um, violated. That's a number one trigger. And to tell somebody that that's not a trigger is absolutely the most dangerous thing you can do. And because it doesn't ha- it doesn't need to make sense. And when you're trauma-informed, you understand it doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to make sense to you. And it certainly doesn't need to make sense to them. But it makes sense to their reflexive fear response, which runs your entire life. So a trigger is a matter of documenting throughout the day that feeling you get and starting to look around your environment because it's less about the trigger and more about how much of that physiological state you are in bracing for impact or conserving energy in the event something scary might happen to you. And typically it's going to be like heart palpitation, tightness in the chest, a pit in your stomach, feeling nauseated, foreign people throw up, can't sleep, anxiety, like something Heart rate starts, goes up. Yeah, something, blood pressure drops, dizziness, lightheadedness. There's all this stuff that happens that really align with the shock response and the brace for impact response. A glimmer, a glimmer is a, a time-orientated thing that tends to be like a snapshot, a really quick little Polaroid, if you can. Like it's quick- and it's, it's the opposite response. Glimmers are the insight into the ventral vagal state. And a, gl- and a glimmer, the reason it's called a glimmer is exactly that. It's not super bright. Um, triggers tend to be pretty much what drive most folks that are in this state of uh, dysregulation. And what a glimmer does is it allows you moments in your day where you're like, oh, I can actually see where like I feel differently. So a glimmer is really documenting when that feels differently for you and it might not last. So it's trying to build an awareness for you, how little those are and how to create more of them. Because when you get a different feeling than a trigger state, you have a glimmer initially. And when you start to recognize glimmers, you can turn them into what we call glows. And glows are the prolonged ventral vagal state of connection and safety where all healing takes place. Emotional healing, physical healing, uh, relationship healing, uh, cultural healing, that is where it happens. And so that's called a glow. And a glow is a longer version of a glimmer. And the whole idea is first an awareness state. So we've had people work on this where they've written it all out. 
and they can really see that most of their day, they're just, they're really at the victimization of all of these triggers in their environment. And you got to remember, it's not the trigger. It's the physiological state of breakdown, dysregulation. And when you realize you're in that, you realize that you're basically living your life completely distorted and dysregulated. Everything you see, everything you do, everything you touch is dysregulated. And then how much of that we can bring to regulation. If you do not know how to bring it to regulation and you do not know how to do a glimmer, the fastest glimmer, if you're not getting adjusted enough, is I call short-term chiropractic at the moment of a table is a glimmer state. So that is why chiropractic works all the time. Every single time. That's that's, uh, immediate ease. Yeah. We we call it the vitality shift, immediate ease. In In trauma care, it's called a glimmer. What it does is it immediately moves the state to that ventral vagal state. The tone changes, the overall tone of the nervous system changes, and you as a chiropractor, I hope that is what you look for because that is where he, it is not banging the bone back into perfection. It is what happens globally to the physiology when it gets that input in. However, in our experience, a lot of chiropractors are not, being seen enough in their trauma states. So they're being seen as if they're well and they're actually not well. And so they are only getting glimmers sporadically. The fastest way somebody can do a glimmer outside of chiropractic adjustment is breath. And there's lots of people that do breath work, but what breath is, is uh, breathing is called the ventral vagal break. And so in non-chiropractic and trauma work, breath, which is why often if you've ever seen anybody who is either launching up to a panic attack, having a panic attack or an anxiety attack, you actually teach them to breathe. That's why you see people in movies breathing into like brown paper bags or on an airplane. You can see them breathing into the sickness bag. It's called the ventral vagal break and it's calming the system for a second. So you can catch your breath literally to move it into a glow state. And the glow state is where you need to keep really being aware of the physiology and doing things that bring you joy and fulfillment. So if you don't know, and you start to feel that throughout the day and you're working, and it's not like you just like toss yourself on a table and get a chiropractic adjustment, breathing is the biggest thing that you can do. And it's, and obviously there's tons of people who do breath work and breathing programs. It doesn't even have to be complicated. It literally just has to be your awareness of bringing enough breath into your lungs and expanding it so they bellow and then pushing it out. And that immediately, and the re- some people actually feel lightheaded, which is hilarious, which means that they have not been getting enough oxygen in at all. Right. And they've been just doing short like breaths throughout the whole time. Because if you think about trauma, everything we're doing in the body is bracing for impact, everything. So if you think your, your brain is screaming, brace, 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 like you see on airplanes, on movies when they're going down, basically you're bracing all the time as if your airplane of life is going down and going to crash into the ground. Mm-hmm. So everything you do, the opposite of bracing is extension. Up, out, shoulders back, head back, everything you know in chiropractic, and you breathe. And that, ventri- that, that breaks that other system and moves it to a ventral vagal state for a couple of minutes until you can have access to that longer and longer and longer, which is called the glow state. And sometimes in the beginning, you have zero awareness. You need to actually document it. So you just, you just spit it out on paper and you write every morning and you just try to get awareness of how much that is going on. Because what you do is when you're in that state, you feel safe. You don't need to force safety. It just is safe. That's, that's awesome. So, um, 
maybe talk a little bit about um, we're, we're opening up our mastermind uh, coming up in March, and and because kind of, that's what we're kind of creating in the mastermind, right? We have eight. We're gonna have eight chiropractors. Well, actually, we had we had entre- just an entrepreneur in our, our previous one, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a chiropractor. But maybe talk a little bit about how we kind of try to create that environment in our, our mastermind. Well, there's the two parts of our mastermind. Obviously, is is business and self. And obviously we are at a level now where we really have loved, we don't really, our vitality ship program, which is our flagship program really does teach people how to practice in in a salutogenic model. But where we, I think flourish between you and I is both on the business ideology end. people want to know what, what can I do? I'm stuck. How can I get to the next level of my business? But at some level, an entrepreneur, when their bills are paid, their money is good. They're fairly profitable they have self is their tool. It is no longer a tool of another book, another program, uh, because pretty much when we interview people, they already know what to do. Their, their stuckness is self. So the mastermind was really developed as a unsticking self to expand business. That's probably the best way I can describe it. And doing it in such a way, um, another part of the, um, trauma work is not just self-regulation, but understanding co-regulation. And as much, we often think that we only just co-regulate with our families and our children, but all of you chiropractors know that we co-regulate with everybody that's within this sort of perimeter of ours. And so that's why it matters who we're around and who we talk to and who supports us and what we talk about because we co-regulate with them. And the system either, you know, mirrors that lower a hypo regulation or hyper. But if we're sort of in the in between, we co-regulate sort of in that window of tolerance with one another, or we have somebody to help us regulate if we can't self-regulate. So the idea of having the mastermind with groups within the mastermind, the work really was within each other's groups with one another, even more than it was with, with, a, with the content that we teach throughout the year. And um, in our group of entrepreneurs, I mean, 2020 was basically a record year for um, pretty much all of them in a time where every single one was locked down to some degree and some more than others. So that's pretty damn good. And none of them really needed a lot of a business advice, but a lot of them really needed, needed the support of how to stay in that window of tolerance, which is really where all things lie. And so I think that's really the idea of the mastermind. Um, and from that, obviously, when we talk about business, it's a lot easier. Yeah, totally. And I just find that too, is that once they've kind of cleared up some of that junk in their head and, all, and, that, and that trauma, um, whenever you do do a suggestion, they can just implement it. And it just seems like things just go smoother because uh, so many people get derailed by these little triggers and stuff that, that are kind of hidden in their mind. And they don't really understand it because it's just kind of subconsciously that happens in the background. And then they get frustrated. because they're like, every time I try something new, it never works. Um, but yeah, I think that's what the, the, I think that's the power of the, of the mastermind for sure. So if anyone out there is listening and is interested in it, it's hundred percent virtual. So again, you can be in any country. Uh, last year, we, we were initially going to have three in-person events, but we had to kind of, again, we had to co-regulate. We had <laughs> we had adaptability because the world went crazy. Uh, but this year, it's going to be 100% virtual. So anywhere in the world, you can reach out to us. And then uh, we'll be taking it by application only because we, 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 we focus so hard on having a safe environment because that's the only way for people to heal. And, uh, and so we make darn sure that every single person that's in that group 
is going to be super safe of others and safe. Yeah. So that's going to be our number one thing. Yeah. So in closing, um, we have chiropractors around the world. Some of them are put back in shutdown um, and lockdown and frustrated and, and all kind of stuff. What, what kind of um, words of wisdom do you, would you like to leave everybody with uh, going into 2021? Well, I think that there, I mean, if, if you feel um, stuck and you feel like you just have not bounced back, just you're not able to get back into that um, capacity window that we, we were talking about. Um, the number one thing is obviously you need to get more chiropractic care. Mm-hmm. Number one, there's nothing else uh, that's going to work better. So that's first and foremost. Secondarily, there's lots of um, little work you can do, but it is really hard to unstick yourself. So, you know, there's very few people in the world that can do it because remember, that part of your brain is offline. So that you get frustrated because you try it and it doesn't work. So to bring that brain online, you do need, if you're not able to self-regulate, and again, remember when the system is traumatized, you can't. It's not that there's something wrong with you. The the body is responding exactly as it should. That's the brilliance of the body. And because it's receiving the messaging that it needs to do this. And so you have to acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, It just is, it's responding appropriately. However, it may not be appropriate for the situation at hand. And so you do need help. So there's a lot, I mean, you can reach out to us. We don't take a lot of one-on-one clients, but certainly we have a community through the shift. You can look at our mastermind. You can look to other coaches. You can look to creating a group of people yourself to reach out. Um, there's, there's tons of resources available in trauma um, work. There's lots of great books. The reason I don't give a lot of those names out is I don't think people need more information. But I mean, certainly there is information out there. I think more than anything, people need other people. And I understand that it can't be in person in a lot of places right now, but it certainly uh, is still super helpful just to be with other people in some form and people that you will be able to regulate back to that window of tolerance, not people that keep you in your dysregulated state. And you know who those people are because they come with a certain feeling. And so the easiest thing to do is just to look at who you're around because in the beginning, sometimes we just need to change who we're around so that we can start to learn to regulate ourselves better um, and know that anything that gives you a feeling other than I'm okay is a traumatized state. Well, I think we were just talking to uh, um, a couple of people or, or just last week about we've kind of pre-vetted our social network really well. And, and one of the great things that the pandemic has helped us is to test how well we vetted our network. And if you have a network where the pandemic happened and then a whole bunch of people went all freaky on you, yeah, then we we're always wondering, like, how deep of conversations did you have with them? Like, did, like, like, did you know them? And were they really helping you? Like, was was that a good uh, circle of influence? And uh, we were pretty happy with our circle of influence during the crazies that nobody surprised us. And so we were pretty happy with that. So, Well, we made the tough decisions before we had to. And so that's part of what I was talking about. There's a big difference between isolating yourself out of trauma and actually being able to be in a state of uh, uh, regulation and making those decisions. So it's not good to make decisions in a state of trauma. First, you got to get, first, you got to think to yourself, I got to get to a state of clarity 
then make those decisions because I promise you it'll be much more sustainable and you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you again for sharing your, um, your pearls of wisdom. Uh, with Thanks everybody. for having me again. That's excellent. Um, and again, everybody out there, I hope you got some good information from that. Again, I'm looking for some feedback. I will, I will keep doing these podcast episodes, but I'll, I'll, I'll base my frequency based on, on, on feedback. And, and uh, so you guys are kind of quiet out there. So let me know. Don't be isolated. Let us know what, uh, what you liked about it, what you'd like to see, and then I'll keep this coming for you. So until next time, shift on. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.